0: Ready to stop trading time for money and build a business that can scale? Then you're in good company. This is the Productize Podcast, where I chat with entrepreneurs who've transformed their businesses using the Productize service model. I'm your host, Brian Castle. Want to learn my best strategies for productizing your business? Then get my free crash course by going to productizecourse.com. Now let's get into the show. Hey folks, back for another episode of the Productize Podcast. Today, you're going to hear my conversation with Jeff Corret. He's the founder of SEOak.co. That's S-E-O-A-K dot C-O. Kind of a little play on spelling, play on words there. Kind of cool. He joins me today to talk about how he launched and then iterated on his white label SEO service. So in this interview, uh, we talked about how it took only one phone call to craft his service and then make his first sale. That was that was really impressive and then how he iterated from one niche vertical to another niche. Um, then you're gonna hear about how uh, like the challenges specifically when it comes to white label services. Uh, Jeff and I actually compared notes on this because I've, I've dealt a little bit with white label services in my previous business. Um, and I, I personally found some challenges with it um, and I think Jeff did as well. So that, that was uh, kind of interesting. And then how Jeff used what his customers told him to iterate and then expand on his product line. So we'll get right into that conversation in uh, in just a minute. Now, today's quick tip when it comes to productized services is don't rush perfection. This is so important, you know, because so many people want to find that overnight success or they want to find that immediate quick win, you know, press a button and get X x result. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And I've learned this myself again and again and again. And the more you go through these kind of trials and errors, the more you realize it's it's really all about learning as you go, s- making small iterations and improvements and leveraging those lessons and from whether they're mistakes that you've made or or wins, you know, if you stumbled a- upon a quick win, you can leverage those and kind of build those into your into your body of knowledge as you then build your business. So, you know, specifically when it comes to productized services, don't rush perfection. The The important thing to understand here is that you're not gonna get it right on day one And that goes for the the specific idea, the problem that you're targeting, the right target customer, the solution, um, the way that you deliver your solution. So the the steps, the process that you go through, it's not gonna be perfect on day one. You're you're gonna have to go through the process of delivering your service for paying customers five, even 10 times um, to really refine it and and figure out where the kinks are, what needs to be changed? What do uh, clients actually care about? What don't they care about? Um, and that's how you can really improve and, and add more and more value over time, uh, rather than you know stressing over getting it all exactly right on day one. So that's today's quick tip: don't rush perfection. And now let's get into the into the conversation. All right. So I'm here with uh, another interview. This one is with Jeff Corret. Jeff, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Cool. So you know the, this series of interviews, um, they kind of range from case study interviews. Uh, and we're also mixing in some coaching calls in here as well. And I think in your case, probably a little bit of both because you, you've had some, some early wins with your uh, productized service, um, in the SEO space. Uh, but you know, you've been out it for a little while and you're looking at ways to iterate and, and potentially pivot your, your service. And we'll get into why, you know, you're thinking about these questions. Um, uh, but you know, you have come, uh, you you have made you know quite a bit of progress so far so why don't we get into your story and then we'll get into some of the questions that you're that you're faced with uh, right sure. now sure so Sounds i mean good. how do, how do so by the way just for folks can, can check it out it's uh y- your site is seoak i, I like that uh <laughs> i like the name there that's seoak uh dot co. Dot co. cool um so that's your site and that's where you're offering um seo Productized services. We'll get into kind of what what the different packages are, but um, I mean before before we get into all that, like can you tell us a little little bit about your background and what you were doing before you launched SEO?
1: Yeah, so uh, in 2007, I started a web design company. Uh, that kind of over the years transitioned into uh, you know all facets of digital marketing, and uh, kind of uh, <clears throat> late 2014, early 2015 just really kind of getting hit with the commoditization or what i thought was the commoditization of the web design and digital marketing industry and uh you know kind of getting after doing it for several years i was just tired of the whole um, pitch process of of you know getting new clients and uh just after a lot of research kind of ran into your content and, and bought the productized course and uh kind of showed me kind of showed me the way um <laughs> even though i had been building productized websites for a bit. Uh, I was never really happy with the results and just kind of um, figured someone who had, you know, with you with Restaurant Engine thought I could uh, definitely learn a thing or two about how to do that correctly. And, I, you know, I definitely learned a lot from your course there.
0: Cool. So, uh, before you got into, you know, into all that, like, what were you really struggling with in in the web
1: design business? Well, I felt like my biggest thing was... um, spending so much time on the proposal process and uh you know spending hours and hours uh, just coming up with a proposal and then you know chances are they're not going to go for the deal so just kind of a lot of wasted time Mm -hmm. and i felt like the one time i did have any kind of like streamlined sales was when i was doing the product test stuff with like a you know one thousand dollar website package which i had several years ago so i just Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of Put a little bit more effort into that side of things. Yeah, and get a little bit more focused on who who you're you're targeting and yeah
0: and all that. Very cool. Um, okay, so then how did uh, how did your your next step come about? SEO is is that kind of what what came next?
1: My first, well, I kind of realized that I really needed to pick a vertical uh, in order to get any kind of content marketing momentum because I was just putting out things for my web agency that didn't have any kind of um, correlation with you know one piece of content would be totally different from the next and not really targeted to any specific audience so my first productized service was um a, a strategy package for um for uh contractors so i wanted to go after contractors first i figured that was a good niche so i spent about three months and i came up with this um, like
0: like building contractors or
1: uh yeah exactly uh construction uh, professionals contractors those types of companies cool. and uh yeah, so my first product was uh, like a, a four uh, a four session, like private strategy session, like for digital marketing. Uh, and uh, so that was my first thing. And I I built up a list, and I built a product that was like a thousand dollar, you know, it basically um pay discovery if you want to call it that. But um,
0: what was your uh, did you have any inroads into the construction industry, and and how did you go about building that list?
1: So I I built up a list it wasn't very big it was only like 30 or 40 emails but the way i did it was through facebook groups and through reddit and i put out some uh, a lead magnet that was like highly relevant like a and it was it was kind of in depth like a like a 40 page like mini ebook mhm actually it was more like 20 it was more of a yeah it was like a 20 page mini ebook guide on digital marketing like what any contractor should know about digital marketing kind of condensed so um I put that up and then threw it around different groups, and just within a few weeks, I had about 40 emails. And then I tried to do my first launch.
0: Very cool. So 40 people kind of like raised their hand, signed yeah. up for the email list, got the free content, and these are groups related to the construction industry, contractors. Um, yeah, a lot of
1: more like self-employed contractors type of uh, type of thing.
0: Cool. And I guess they're a little bit. More web tech savvy, social media savvy, because they're on these groups. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, uh, and so the package you were offering them was a kind of a a four session uh, workshop where you're kind of yeah it was like a of, it
1: was like a private workshop. Yeah. Okay. Of digital marketing, take a look at their strategy, deep dive into their business and what their goals are, and try to come up with um, what their next steps sh- should be. And and kind of the hope there was to lead into some project work um you know i'm the one who told them what to do well why not just hire me to kind of take care of that stuff for them that was the idea there
0: got it and that's a pretty common um you know way to or like one avenue you can go if if you're in the web design industry um you know productize the discovery process i've I've seen that work uh successfully several times and I, i used to do that myself when i was doing web design work um you know We'd have like a thousand or two, depending on the company, sometimes up to like $5,000 discovery session, which like you said, it's kind of like a couple of meetings. You know, we do a deep dive and then we come back with a report Mm -hmm. um, on here are our recommendations. And uh, you know, sometimes they include wireframes and and workflows and uh, research and like our findings and whatnot. Um, And we show that like, that's the final product is, is that roadmap um and we had a standard process for doing that just the discovery um but then that would lead into a a big custom project so it was kind of like a productized service total consulting service hybrid kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but how did it go for you i mean you're you're focused on this niche and and like after you had the list of 30 or 40 people what what came next
1: uh, what came next was so I was thinking a thousand dollars would be a good price for that, um, that package that I was talking about, and uh, just to kind of gauge interest i put up, I put up a little launch where I had like a very uh, you know three or five day sale for like uh, like dirt cheap, like a hundred or two hundred bucks and uh, you know I said, "Hey, if you want to take advantage of this, uh, go ahead and, uh, and sign up and I actually got zero sign ups, so <laughs> that was kind of a fail. Yeah. Well, I mean I you know, it's a it's a small
0: list first of all, so True, true. um, you know, there might not be enough data for it to, you know, really produce results. I th- I think the other thing is and I from to a certain extent I ran into this with the restaurant industry when I was in that business. Um, you know, these are offline people. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not used to buying in the same way that we would buy online products. Um, you know, going through educational Funnels and whatnot. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what I found in the restaurant industry was that once we built up the traffic to a point where where there were enough numbers, then then we can get a, a small percentage of them to convert, um, but then ultimately get them on a call, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of do the sale over the over the phone. But um, so okay, so I mean, you were so so from there. Like, what was your your next step?
1: Well, you know, I was kind of you know, I was definitely disheartened by the fact that I I didn't get a sale at like 10% or 20% of of what my goal uh revenue was for that type of product so um you know and then I had a few more sale, like general web web sales calls with some people I had in my sales pipeline for my regular web business and uh, you know I just got some really weird uh vibes from those types of um prospects including some really rude uh interactions that I decided like just I I don't really want to i I don't i don't feel passionate enough about this audience or or, or prospect Hmm. niche if you will vertical uh to kind of like make this my focus i decided to um go after who who i really really was enjoying talking to at the time which was other digital marketing professionals and uh in particular one facebook group that i frequent um that's part of another community that i'm in just like really enjoying talking to those type of people and uh I had heard some people have success in, in white-label digital marketing, so I decided to like be the SEO expert in that vertical. Yeah, so, so that's cool. kind of kind of my next step. <clears throat> nice, and, and yeah, we'll definitely dig into
0: where you went from there. But I, I think the the important thing that we should try to pull out here is, I mean, that pivot into into a a group and a market that you're already tied into that you enjoy you know spending time with and and getting on calls with and and you know networking in these communities and whatnot i mean the way i like to look at it is when you're choosing your your target customer in the very beginning yes that can iterate over time as as we've seen in, in your story but um you know if you think about it like who are you going to want to go network with for the next year the next three years even up to the, to the next five years and that can mean spending time online that can mean writing content for the for this audience that can mean traveling to conferences you know if if you're not excited about going to a conference for the construction industry you know um exactly it's it's just not going to make sense and i I kind of ran into that challenge myself when I was in the restaurant business as well um, there's a big restaurant industry conference in Chicago and I never made it out to that most i mean it was it would would have been expensive for me to do that but also cuz i didn't want to spend a few days out there doing that you know right um so yeah it's it, it's a tough challenge to get through but i think once you identify that that group that you already have inroads in and that probably also means that you know more about that group and their problems and their cha- mm-hmm. and and what their goals are than anyone else so um cool so so what came next
1: so the next thing if I remember correctly, I uh, I think I maybe reached out to that group and I said something along the lines of I'm thinking about um, getting into white label SEO. Has anybody you know would anybody like to to talk or uh, has anybody experienced problems with like delivering SEO? And ended up on a call with somebody that I met at at a conference um, for this particular group and uh, and by the end of the call, you know we had we had put together a product. And and she um, had agreed to pay for it, so it, it was it was kind of cool. Like one phone call getting to revenue as opposed to months <laughs> with the, with the construction industry not getting a single penny. So that was pretty awesome.
0: Amazing. I mean, so one phone call, and you, and you kind of said something there. So you formed the product over the phone with the customer.
1: Yeah, we just kind of talked about what what kind of trouble they're having and um and, and what a, what a good solution for that would be, and it turned out it was basically a uh, an SEO audit, um, and just customized to exactly what their particular needs were. So I said, "All right, let's do it." And I, I uh, love the way that you you went about that. And um,
0: I mean, again, you started with the person, not not even the the solution or or the problem. First, you started with like the person, the, your who, right? And then you got on a, on a call with them. And I mean, going into that call, did you have any idea what? Your solution or your product would would end up being, or were you completely open minded?
1: Um, I w- I was open minded, but at the same time, I had some ideas which um which I kind of went over. But I went over it like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. You know, give me some feedback. And sure enough, it was pretty close to what she was thinking. So nice. Um, yeah, it, it turned out to be a, a good fit.
0: So, who can you tell me a little bit about her? Like,
1: what what size company? What what kind of work did they do? um it was a two or maybe one and a half like you know one full time one like half time developer who's now full time um type of thing so a pretty small web digital agency
0: so their web they do web design and development and their clients potentially need seo services but they themselves don't really offer that
1: exactly or you know i guess the the, the alternative solution would be to hire someone which can you know can be uh, the average SEO expert is like seventy two thousand dollars US a year. Mm. So um, so I got you know that's that's the alternative, and you know people want to work with someone they they like and trust, and you know we got along pretty good when we met. So um, and and okay, so how did you even get the phone call? Was
0: this someone that you knew personally, or was it? We a- had
1: we had we had had a brief interaction at a conference. Um, and that was it. So we just kind of kept in touch from there. Nice. So um and it's then, a pretty tight knit community.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, kind of you're you're leveraging your personal network to, to get the first contacts um, in the door. That, that's that's great. So um what did you guys talk about and, and and what was the uh Can you tell me let's dig into that com- conversation if if you remember it like sure. were there things that you were proposing that she was saying like ah no, that's not quite what we need and like how did how did that back and
1: forth go? I wish I could remember uh, more specifics about it. Um, yeah, it was. Or I think, it, I just, I, I think. What I just were just some of the questions? Her, her challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been so long that I that I'm having trouble remembering what the client was, and I'll, I'll try to dig a little a little bit into that. And maybe that maybe that'll help jog my memory. Um, but uh yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of drawing a blank about exactly the specifics of that conversation.
0: Yeah, so like where did you end up like at at the end of that phone call, uh, what was the service that you you both agreed would be valuable to her?
1: So what I what I had proposed was um like a four-stage SEO audit, which is which is unique. Like people usually have one massive SEO audit, mm-hmm. but I what I proposed was a four-stage type of thing where my um partners as I'm calling them um, you know, digital marketing companies can, can choose from the four different stages. So stage one would be the architecture. That's the on page. And then stage two would be content creation and promotion. Stage three would be user experience and social signals. And then stage four link building. So when I kind of explained that, it's just like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Now I can just, you know, do stage one and, uh, and we can kind of get to the other stages later. And uh, basically what I had proposed was $250 per stage. Uh, for a total of a thousand for all four hmm. um
0: and is it is it possible to do just one stage and like yeah. does it does that even like solve
1: their problem or it solves part of their problem like prob- it's like so a it's quarter a, it's of their problem <laughs> 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 exactly but uh I, I yeah, I guess I built it that way because uh it'd be kind of like to fill in any knowledge gaps because with these types of but these types of people, you know, they have a little bit of, a lot of them have a little bit of knowledge about the on-page but not so much the content creation side of things or, you know, they'll be able to do really good user experience but not, you know, they'll kind of leave the architecture and on-page alone like. Um, so yeah. it was kind of designed to fill in any knowledge gaps um, and so people don't have to pay for something they don't, maybe not, don't necessarily need. Um, so that was kind of the idea.
0: And so this, this was intended from the start to be a white label service. And so can you take us through like how does how does that work and maybe even on that conver- or any of your early conversations like what do those clients want in terms of a white label partner? Like th- do they want you to be completely invisible to their
1: clients? Well, you know, that's one thing that's definitely varied from partner to partner, prospect to prospect. It's been like some of them want to put my face on their team page. In mm-hmm. fact, this first this first conversation they they ended up putting my face on their team page along with my name. Uh, and I told them, you know, just don't put my last name, just put my first initial of my last name. And then they get to benefit from looking like they have a larger team and maybe closing some, some bigger deals. And some people want me completely behind the scenes and, and I've even, some other people still want me to hop on sales conversations to help close the deal. So it's like, geez, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's highly varied. Um, so that was one big challenge like so so many different people have different expectations. There was almost never similar expectations with these with these conversations.
0: Yeah, is that something that you've refined over time? Like have you made that more standardized?
1: <laughs> um I I tried to. Um but I just kept getting surprised. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like huh. people are people are so different in this space that I just I just kept getting surprised or uh have know. you thought
0: about breaking them up into different pricing tiers? Like if you want me to come on a sales call with you, that's an extra X number of dollars.
1: Um after a few conversations, I, I realized that the sales cycle was was getting really long and people were having different expectations as far as like how the sales um process would go and stuff like that. So that kind of leads me to my next product, which is the client ROI plan, which is kind of like where I could come in and hold their hand through the sales process. So it's okay. kind of a starter product in that regard. So it's basically 100 bucks. I do. Um, I ask a bunch of questions about the client, and uh, I put together stuff that they can basically copy and paste into their proposal. Things. So like, this is
0: like a sales training kind of product?
1: It's more, I guess you could call it that. I don't, I don't really know what it was, but it, it turned out to be my best seller. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was just like ROI projections based on their current results, their current KPIs, um, their current traffic, and and kind of how they were doing. So, and then I was like, "Well, for this,
0: wait." So just just so I'm clear on this, so the client ROI plan, you're working with the digital marketing agency, mm-hmm. and and the deliverable is is to help them land more clients to, who want SEO
1: or the is to help them close a, a specific deal uh,
0: like a for, a deal for SEO work yeah okay so we're
1: look at, we're taking a good hard look at one specific client of theirs whether it be a current client or a prospect
0: oh I see so so the digital marketing agency can buy this like repeatedly from you exactly like every time they have a new lead for SEO work they bring you in to do to do like the lead qualification and that kind of stuff yeah, exactly. Got it. Got for it. For
1: one specific client, yeah.
0: Cool. Um, and so how did this how did this plan come about? Was it a similar thing where you were on a, on a call with with a prospect? Or?
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it came about. Uh, I was w- I was with another prospect, and they were like, "I really need help selling this stuff. I, I don't know what to tell these people." And I was like, "I was kind of doing this stuff." The interesting thing was, I was kind of doing this stuff for free in sales calls. Yeah. But then I started charging for it, and people started paying for it. Um, but the weird thing was when I w- when I offered to do it for free, people were more not willing to take that step. But when I started charging, they they were willing to take that step. So it's kind of kind of strange. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be
0: some kind of psychology at play. Yeah, there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. Um, but again, I I I still love your approach, which is you know talk to your target customers and even if new problems arise off of the first one. So the first one is they, they know they want to start selling SEO service and they may, may even have a a couple of clients who need it. They just don't know how to deliver it. A related problem to that is they also need help selling it. Um, So you're, you're, you're kind of, you know, solving related problems for the same audience. um, And you're coming up with these things just by talking to your, to your target customers. So I think that's, that's all really solid. Um, and you said that the client ROI plan was the best seller. Mm-hmm. How did that how did that shape up? And and like wh- like how did why why did that become so popular?
1: I guess it's because it was so um low cost and it was kind of my my starter um my starter product. So it was kind of the thing that all my sales conversations naturally gravitated toward because it really is the next step in the sales funnel to like you want to call it a tripwire yeah i don't know what you call it but it it is that starter product to transition people to like my my main um you know my main product so that's kind of why i became the best sellers because that's where my sales conversations went towards
0: hmm. yeah i mean i'm just thinking about this like that seems like a really valuable thing <laughs> the the client roi plan i mean you're helping them make more sales mm-hmm. um and you're enabling them to like directly impact their revenue. And I see the value of, of the one time repeatable $99 thing to like bring you in. And I, I mean, I'm assuming it's, it's priced fairly low because they haven't closed the deal yet. And it's not worth the the investment, but I I wonder if there's an opportunity to, um, to have like, like a one time higher cost setup of their sales process. So so when they're a brand new client they come to you and you set them up with the sales process, like, look, this is what your lead magnet should be, this is what your very first conversation should be. Um, this is how you set up the, the SEO discovery day or whatever, and, and then and here's some training on doing, doing the, um, like the client ROI yourself, or you can have me and my team do it um, mm-hmm. for, for 99 bucks each. You know, so yeah. like, the, so like the intro, um, the the setup of the sales process could be five hundred to a thousand bucks. Yeah, right. And and I think what what you'll also find with that is is it, it attracts more serious agencies who are more capable of of making sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and and so just to so in Restaurant Engine, I I did venture into white label white labeling the service a little bit. Um, I think that's that's actually still available. Uh, again, I'm I'm not the owner of the Restaurant Engine anymore, but um, so I don't know exactly what it is today. But um, when I was working on it, white labeling wasn't a huge uh, a huge portion of our business. We mostly went directly to the customer, um, but we did get so many requests from people who wanted to white label Restaurant Engine that that we offered it. Um, and at at first, it was pretty low cost, but then I found that by charging more to become a white label person or white label company, um, uh, it, it meant less people signing up for it, but the, but the people who did sign up for it were more likely to bring on clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that, that was definitely one thing that we found. Okay. Uh,
1: and I skipped one of my, one of my products too. Okay. Cause I think before I had the client ROI plan, I had, uh, I you know I wanted I wanted recurring revenue right so I I put together a recurring plan which which has come a long way over time but the the initial iteration was um, a combination of the roadmaps and and implementation of the and of course the roadmaps are audits basically but um, so the so the monthly plans were a combination of the roadmaps and the implementation of the action items from there so I came up. So that was a, that was the monthly plan that I was kind of pushing people towards after the client ROI plan.
0: Got it. So the client ROI plan helps them sell the client. The the roadmap is kind of the audit. Uh, yeah. Which is like a one-time project. You do a four-stage mm-hmm. audit, and then the results of that audit are are okay. This is what
1: needs to be done on a, on a monthly basis for this client. Right, but they're kind of they're kind of all alternatives to each other where the roadmaps are probably better for a situation where the partner wants to do the work themselves where the reseller plan is more of a done-for-you the monthly the monthly plan is more of a done-for-you where i take care of the implementation
0: yeah in that case i would i would still again look at somehow increasing the price and even increasing like the value of the client roi plan if that's not leading into um uh recurring revenue clients for for your company and they're and they're simply taking the ROI plan and then doing the rest of themselves then I'd look at ways to increase that customer lifetime value for that person right mm-hmm. like well, I guess looking at it on paper it seems like it's it's one long product ladder right the mm-hmm. helping you sell helping you do the audit and then helping you um, do the the monthly service and like the same partner can benefit from all three of those but if there's if if they're segmented and and they're and a lot of folks are just going for the $99 sales thing uh, sales product and they're not getting the other ones then um yeah i, w- I would try to increase the value of that but otherwise it's not going to be profitable to you know do the the $99 one time
1: yeah, and and kind of where I'm at now, you know, I sold quite a few of these client ROI plans and, and basically the sales conversations between, you know, as far as I know, um, the sales conversations between them and their prospective clients didn't, uh, you know, they didn't end up going for it. So maybe, you know, I, I don't know, maybe maybe they're not closing these deals, maybe they, they are closing the deals and, and not telling me and finding another provider for SEO, like, I don't really know what's going on, you know. Hmm. Um, I probably could have been a little bit better with follow up, but um.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's worth digging into that a little bit, like with mm-hmm. your clients, you can you know uh, shoot them an email, call them up, and and see like how how did it go? How can we improve? What what do you think could have been improved? Um, yeah. just like you've done before, like you know to further develop the product.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh I think at the end of the day uh, my prices were were and the types of clients I was doing this for weren't more often than not in most cases weren't the type who could really get a really good return on investment from um you know not only my prices because they're not super low but of course my, my all my partners seem to want like between 50 and 150% markup on my prices so you know most companies are going to struggle with, with getting a good return on investment with those types of margins so mm-hmm. um it's just another just another challenge uh to deal with you know what i mean keeping keeping costs low and then my partners need their cut it makes it really hard to make it affordable for a lot of companies
0: yeah yeah but i i think again um you know, to them, they're they're coming to you with a need in the beginning, and without any of your services, they wouldn't even be able to to begin to sell SEO clients. Mm-hmm. And I think for them, and just you know, because I have, I have a background in web design and I know a thing or two about SEO as well. But um, most, of, I, I assume that most of them are coming to you because they they too are on like the project to project kind of business model and they see seo and marketing services as a way to get into recurring revenue Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i I think if if you were to boost up that that sales package if it's like a one-time kind of training and giving you the materials to get in the the sales process um and then you know kind of leading into the other ones that that could work well but I, i think it it still it it comes down to you know talking to them and seeing what's working for them in their in their perspective and what's not Mm -hmm. Um, but you know you you mentioned early on that that now you know you find yourself in a place where you're asking some questions and considering iterating to to different ideas I mean what are you thinking right now
1: well you know this white label thing has been extremely challenging like I, I I my my strong hunch is that if this wasn't a white label product and I was serving a market directly um i wouldn't have had any uh, half the struggles I had because you know i 've been doing this stuff for a long time and, and these these sales processes are crazy long like i've never- dealt, i've never seen anything like this, so yeah, so I guess i'm thinking about going after direct vertical um and uh and i've got some ideas there but um
0: that would you know i i I think you're right on with that, and that 's actually exactly what I learned myself uh in the white label stuff with restaurant engine. Um yeah the the sales cycle was definitely very long. Um and we constantly got questions about like do you help us sell it? Like we even gave them a an extra site on restaurant engine to to be their marketing site cuz they don't even have that capability. Um and uh we, I, for a little while I gave them a, a, some white labeled sales materials and like a white labeled ebook and, and and stuff, but um I I just found that you know still at the end of the day like they're 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 not reliable enough to make that worth yeah. my my time investment or exactly. they, they can't reliably sell it so um even if they like I I remember having leads come in saying you know it, are you guys capable of of ramping up to hundreds of clients within a couple of months because you know we expect a huge volume of of sales coming through if we become a white label partner mm-hmm. and those very same people didn't even bring on one right you know and it's i
1: I get people asking me about like can you can you handle you know 50 and and then you know they might bring on one or or like you said none so yeah
0: yeah it's amazing and and so and and then you know like you said the the it's a long sales cycle because not only do you have to sell your service to your clients they have there's a second level they have to go make the sale to their clients and that requires upfront marketing and, and getting you know, for them to get leads in and and all that. So, um, yeah, I do think that going to a direct market and just taking these very same packages and and retrofitting them for um, a direct SEO market um, mm-hmm. would be good. I, and I think that the thing that that I see most SEO services the the pitfall that they most mostly fall into is they're serving so many different verticals. They they're just serving everyone and and they're offering. SEO as the way to differentiate themselves Mm -hmm. but if you can focus on like SEO for Shopify stores you know or you know SEO for medical practices and and just really kind of focus in on one niche
1: yeah I was thinking about my next vertical like something I'm really passionate about Um, I'm really into all competitive gaming I was thinking about the esports vertical there's a lot of companies popping up in that vertical I'm also into skateboarding. I'd love to work with with skateboarding companies, but the easy, the easy one I was thinking about was appliance repair. You know, I'm not super excited about it. I definitely wouldn't want to go to an appliance repair convention. But that said, you know, I've had success there, and I've had some success in e-commerce. But um, I don't know. I think I'd like to go after something I'm really passionate about. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. Who do I want to serve next? Who do, who do I want to reach out to? And 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 I'm kind of leaning towards esports right now. I'd be super excited to work in that industry. Yeah. So I'm putting a list together to reach out and maybe start some conversations, whether it's e- SEO or not. Like, kind of find out what their problems are.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I think uh, in, again, in terms of like picking that that target customer, uh, most ideal client, um, I think it's a constant iterative process. And there's, I think, there's also a balance to it, right? Like, you can look at like the low hanging fruit. You know, you know that these uh, local appliance repair shops. Are easy to to reach, easy to to bring results for. So maybe you do some of those in the beginning, and then kind of pivot off of those results to into a a more attractive market. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I like the way that sounds. But as of right now, like I'm I'm still going to serve the people uh, that I've that I've got uh, relationships with for the for the white label stuff. But I'm not really my sales is not focused on that right now. So. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the next step and uh, I think, I think I've kind of pushed as far as I can with white label and banged my head against the wall. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm thinking about next steps now.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I definitely uh, have have run into a lot of the same frustrations with white label and I've, I've heard it, you know, from others as well. So, um, I think this has been, you know, pretty instructive for, for anyone who's, um, you know, thinking through similar questions as, as they're going through this stuff. So, uh, Cool. So Jeff, thanks for taking the time. This has been, you know, this has been great. Let's definitely uh, catch up in a few months and see how things go.
1: Sounds great. Have a great day and great talking to you.
0: All right, Jeff. Thanks.
1: Bye. Thanks for tuning in today.
0: Get all the show notes for this entire season at productizepodcast.com. And to get my free Productize Crash Course, where I share my best strategies for launching and sustaining your Productize service business, head over to productizecourse.com. Alright, time to get back to working on the business.